your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that sells out quicker than the Super Nintendo Mini But only for the right price Sponsored by Destiny 2 Servers Going down more often than your mum. <laughs> Which is quite a lot if you are... Jesus. Somebody's mum. I was going to pick someone out there, but then I thought that'd be cruel. <laughs> it's one of you two the joke was going to be about. You know, you can both be offended that way. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I'm offended, anyway. Right, okay, we're here for games episode, I want to say about 20... Does that sound about right, Clive? I believe it's 23. 23, wow. How time flies. Um, uh, we are coming up on our 100th episode overall. Ooh, which special. I'm pretty sure if you add up the episode's numbers, we'd have gone over 100, but that's because there's about two or three that don't exist. Because <laughs> <laughs> now and again I've named it wrong and then it's been too late. So. Look, but we like, have uh, we've put those extra episodes out there hidden on Reddit, so true yeah. fans can find them. Definitely, yeah. they are so. The problem was they were just that rude. I had to uh, get them get rid it's of them, a, but you can find them. It's just a bit so like on edgy. the dark web. It's so edgy. It's, it's a bit yeah, like just too much edge. It's a bit like <laughs> never say uh, never say never again, or um, you know the original Casino Royale. Not official Bond films, but you know true fans will have seen them. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, I'm Alex Wayne, but I'm here with games experts Dave Peeling. Hello there. And Clive Fisher. Hello. Just had a good head scratch there. He's forgotten to turn off his camera. Excellent. Oh, at least he's a ball scratch. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, an arse scratch. Glad he told me this time. Well, you know, after the last time, we didn't want to see that secret masturbation. Uh, not so secret <laughs> masturbation. Uh Right, anyway, he's uh, freshly warmed up. He's had a head scratch. Let's go to Sheffield. Oh, Jesus. Clive Fisher, what have you got for us? Um, well, I've been playing the old Nintendo Switch. Um, I've got, so I'm going to play. talk about a game from that first and then a PS4 game after. Um, I've been playing Mario and Rabbids, or Mario plus Rabbids, Kingdom Battle. Um, not sure why they decided to put a plus in it, but anyway... As usual with Ubisoft, yes, this is a Ubisoft game. Um, this was a terribly kept secret. Rumours were kind of floating about its existence well before it was announced, possibly even like a year before. It was kind of generally met with scepticism because everyone hates rabbits, generally speaking, and Ubisoft have a you know reputation for cash grabs. So <laughs> that was kind of what people perceived it was going to be. But um, the perception kind of changed a lot once it was shown. And it kind of, people were really kind of positive on how it was shown. I think it was E3 where I first saw the first trailer and it looked really good. And now people have kind of fully turned on it because it's, uh, it's come out and generally really positive reviews and everyone's been loving it. So I've been kind of keeping my eye on it, not because... Um, well, basically because it's a Mario game and it's on the Switch. And then when I heard the reviews were really good, I went out and bought it. So having not been particularly optimistic either... Um, but not writing it off, because you never know what can happen. I went out and bought it, and I'm now really enjoying it. So, um, it's basically a turn-based tactical shooter with RPG elements. So I'll quickly go over the story, which, you know, this is a Mario game, so not much point to the story, but... 
worth mentioning. Essentially, there's a kid working on a machine that can merge any two things together. A bunch of rabbits. Rabbits, by the way, are like a weird rabbit. Um, it's a Ubisoft sort of IP. They just a weird zombie-looking rabbit that make wah noises all the time. Quite like if a rabbit had sex with a minion. Yes, that is a very good description. I was going to say they're quite similar to minions in that they're, they've become quite annoying. <laughs> and I just sexed it up because I was just the one to say sex. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. <laughs> mm, I love sex. thinking about <laughs> sex. Now that got your attention. Buy our yeah, product. Exactly. I'll call the um, I'll call the episode sex <laughs> uh, in capitals with an exclamation point. And if I can get a sort of naked woman emoji in there, yeah, why not? That would help. So, uh, sorry, man. that's totally distracted it's, you now, hasn't it? It has. You've totally yeah. put me off my game. Um, so yeah, the kid's working on it. He's merging two things together. He's a massive Nintendo fan, so he's got like you know Nintendo posters all over his wall. He, this device that he's working on. Gets goes gets in the hands of a rabbit who goes a bit insane and ends up sucking the, all the rabbits in the room and the Nintendo posters and memorabilia into a big wormhole. Hence, there's a combination. The world is a massive combination of rabbits and Mario. You're basically trying to hunt down the rabbits that kind of caused all this mess, I think, um, or something like that. Anyway, it's nonsensical, but it doesn't matter. Um, so to the gameplay, like I say, it's a turn-based tactical shooter. So as any have any of you two played XCOM or heard of XCOM? I've heard of it. I've not played it. No, not heard of it. Okay, cool. Uh, well, it's 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 kind of like a simplified version of that. So basically you have um, a team of three, which you can pick the characters and you kind of unlock more as you go along. They're either the core Mario characters or rabbits dressed up as them. So you get Luigi or rabid Luigi. Um, they've all got different abilities. So, for example, Luigi has got much more range but less hit points things like that um mario is really good from short range um each turn every character can move a certain number of squares uh shoot um and they have a certain range a set number of squares range and can do some sort of special move such as mario has a um like an overwatch type move where at the end of the turn you can press it and then if another character on their turn moves within his range he will take a pop at them type thing um, and there's you know various other skills such as healing and things like that fit into that category. So each turn's kind of in three stages. You can do those in any order. So you could shoot, then move, move, then shoot, whatever you like. Um, you can also jump on other... So if you move onto one of your teammates, you can do what's called a team jump, and then that person can sort of make you jump. You jump on their head, like kind of true Mario style, and then you end up and they kind of throw you further on so you can get even further if you use your team. Uh, well, which is really cool. And Mario's got the, obviously the, you know, special skill that if he does that team jump and lands on someone's head, it does them damage, whereas no one else can do that. So, yeah, you're basically trying to take down teams of rabbits and other strange creatures with your uh, three characters, which you can choose at the start of each battle. Um, and it's really good. It's really good. It's quite, it's way deeper than I was expecting. Like, I thought it'd be really oversimplified. But it's actually got quite a lot of depth to it. There's lots of different things you can do, loads of combinations. You've got there's quite a lot of you know loads of strategy goes into it. You've got to think about where to move your characters, where he's going to be able to move next turn. Where if you move your character here, could another enemy possibly move enough squares to be able to shoot at him? Is he going to be able to get a hundred percent shot at him? Because depending on if he's like behind a half cover thing, it'll be it'll have a fifty percent chance of hitting him. 
but if he's in no cover, it's obviously 100%. And um, at certain angles, it's kind of 50% as well. There's no... One of the complaints would be that I'd like it to have a 75% one in there. For example, sometimes it looks like the angle's pretty easy to hit them and it still says 50%, uh, which is a bit annoying. It feels like it should go up to 75% and maybe down to 25% in some cases. So that's maybe a little bit oversimplified, but it's it's a minor complaint. It's um, You can also hurt enemies by dashing into them, which means you could, for example, Ravid Luigi's really good at dashing around. So he could run, dash into like two enemies to hurt them, then move behind some cover and shoot at someone all in one turn and then do the special. Um, so you can do quite a lot within one turn of all your characters. And the enemy AI is pretty um, enemy AI is pretty good. They're generally, you know, not overly predictable, but you know, clearly kind of think out what they're doing or there's some sort of strategy that's put in there about how they're gonna stop you. So they're not too easily outsmarted, which is good. But that then again it's also not um too difficult. I've quite enjoyed going through it. I've had to replay a couple of levels, but Generally speaking, I've got through them just by being a bit patient, thinking through my moves. If you kind of rush into it, you're more or less going to get your ass kicked. But <laughs> if you actually think about what you're doing a little bit, um, you're more than likely going to win. And I'm on to I'm about three quarters of the way through, so I'm onto the last world, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, in terms of negatives, I think the the battling's great, but the there's like this in between thing of. When you're out of a battle, you're in this world where you move through with all your characters in a sort of isometric, top-down type view where you have yeah, you, Mario and then the three characters behind him kind of following him around and there's various environmental puzzles and things to get to the next battle. Um, the world looks gorgeous. It's really well thought out and uh, Ubisoft have done a really good job in just giving it loads of character like there's, you know, Goombas in strange positions and the, the way they've sort of mixed the rabid and uh, Mario world is really cool. And it kind of takes the mess out of a lot of the sort of uh, cliches in Mario and stuff like that, which is really good. But I just think the actual gameplay in the world bit in between isn't really particularly interesting. Like there is puzzles, but they're quite easy and not that engaging. And there's you pick up treasure chests and stuff, but um, usually they give you kind of like statues in a museum and soundtracks and things that I'm not that bothered about. Sometimes you do get what are called orbs, which you can upgrade your characters with, but usually you just get st stuff that you're not that bothered about but it does look gorgeous it just feels a bit like uh, you're just wanting to get to the next bit it's a bit like one of those books where it's got two stories going at once but you just want to <laughs> when you get to one of the chapters of the story you're not bothered about you just want to kind of get past it to get to the one that you do care about it feels a little bit like that so getting to the battle sometimes luckily it doesn't take too long in between though so it's not too much of a criticism other than that, I like the variety of weapons. There's um, lots of secondary effects like honey, which kind of makes enemies stick, or stone, which turns them into stone so they can't move or shoot. Uh, vampire, which kind of sucks some of their energy out if you... And the guns have different percentage chances of making these effects. Um, but it's all fairly simple. It's never like... Because XCOM is, you know... I've not really played it, but I've heard it's a bit uh, mental in that, you know, from certain angles, you're you'll have a 97% chance of hitting someone. It's never 100%, apparently. <laughs> uh, so there's always that one chance. There's always that chance your character misses an absolute sitter, which I'm glad this doesn't happen here because it kind of minimises frustration. Um, you generally kind of... 
if it's 100% your character's going to hit him. So that's kind of what you're aiming for to get that 100% shot. The other thing to quickly mention is the like the character interaction is really funny. It's like it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's consistently amusing and like I say it takes the mess out of uh, Mario in lots of instances and the kind of sort of facial animations of particularly Rabid Peach is pre- uh, pretty hilarious. And I just I'm really impressed that Ubisoft have managed to make this work, especially with the rabbits being quite annoying. They're not they are at times a bit annoying. But overall, it really works, and it's got a really charming feel to it. It feels like a Nintendo game. And, yeah, I just want to applaud Ubisoft. I think they've done a really good job, and I'd be more than happy for them to continue making some Mario games like this because you can just tell a load of kind of love has gone into it. And, in fact, the uh, I think the head or the producer of the game or whatever came out with Miyamoto, the famous Nintendo you know the guy invented Zelda and Mario, mm. and he was like crying when it first uh, got unleashed, uh, unveiled, and I think it was at EGX. I can't remember, but um, quite a touching moment, and you clearly can see that this whole thing means a lot to him. The fact that he's been allowed to make this game, and yeah, they've just put tons of love into it. I'm I'm really really impressed. So, like I say, there are I do have some gripes with it, but overall I'm having lots and lots of fun with it, and it's a particularly good portable game as well. Uh, not necessarily have to play it on a huge screen works just as well on the uh, portable on the train or whatever so yeah definitely if you're skeptical about it i would totally recommend checking it out even if you're not into because i'm not uh, particularly into turn-based strategy games right i i've got to say this one completely bypassed me and i'm i for one am totally shocked that nintendo are allowing third parties to make mario games is this a usual thing am i just way behind on this um, no, it's definitely not usual. It has happened before. Like, for example, Capcom made a few Zelda games on the Game Boy. There's, you know, Sega, I think, make the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. I don't think that's Nintendo that makes those. Um, I could be wrong there, though. But there's there's been times, but they don't generally trust a lot of people with their IP. So um, I think this Ubisoft guy just came, went to Miyamoto and pitched this idea to him. And apparently Miyamoto said, as long as Mario doesn't jump, you can do what you want. <laughs> Uh, so we kind of set that constraint to make it a little bit more interesting, which it does. So, yeah, I think it's a really cool thing that's happened out of something that just sounded like it was going to be some weird spin-off rubbishy game. It's actually a really good, just a really good individual game that there isn't really anything comparable on the Nintendo console. So, yeah, really happy with it. Right, cool. Um, how many games have you now got for the Switch, Switch Clive? Um, physically, I've got four. I've got this, um, Splatoon 2, which I love, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Zelda, obviously. And then I've probably I got a couple from the eShop in a sale, so probably like six in total. Hmm. Not loads, but uh, plenty. Is there any news <laughs> on a Smash Bros yet? There isn't yet, no, but I'm excited for whenever it does happen, as that's one of my favourite franchises. I think it'll be... I reckon it's going to get announced maybe at the end of this year, start of next year, but I don't think it'll be out till late next year or possibly even the year after, I don't know. I think they're trying to kind of space out their big releases and they've got Mario coming out in four weeks, which I'm super excited about, Super Mario Odyssey. Right. So, Dave, a while. as a fellow Switch player, has this piqued your interest at all? Um... I must say no. It it just it sounds like a good version of what it is, but I'm I, I I don't know that I am so much a fan that I would be happy paying the amount of money that this costs. 
I don't, I don't know if it feels I don't know maybe that's harsh maybe I just I'm not really ready to take a chance on it until maybe the prices come down a bit and I'm I'm holding out for um for Mario Odyssey I think yeah, I can't blame you for that. For me, it's like a filler in between uh, <laughs> Odyssey because I kind of finished everything else. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's definitely like, I wouldn't say, I would say it's a full featured game. Like it's not, I wasn't, um, I didn't, I paid like, I think I got it for 32 or something and yeah. I was happy to pay that for it. It's definitely worth it. It didn't feel like I was buying a, you know, some small game for, the, for that price. It's okay. Uh, I think probably like 12 or 13 hours long, but I kind of see what you I think I got the impression that it was a bit more one dimensional than than it's been described. You know, I I thought it was just going to be relatively similar situations repeated over again, which which are fine in itself, and I've got nothing against turn based fighters, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah, I was a bit worried about that as well, but so far I've not got it. I mean, it's not massively varied, the combat, but I don't know, something about it's kind of. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging it. I'm, yeah, if you like yeah. it, then then it's, you know, then the price so, is always going to be right, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but, if, so if it comes yeah. up in a flash sale at some point, then I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely think about it. Totally recommend it, yeah. Cool. So, uh, right, okay, let's move to the man who must innovate, Dave Peeling. Do you have <laughs> anything for us? Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I do, yeah. So, wow. Um, I had a think. So, I've not. I've. I've. Uh, for various reasons, I don't think I've been on the podcast at all since early August. So that's a couple of months where you think I'd be doing some really good hardcore gaming. But um, yet again, another another couple of months in which the only things I've been playing are ones that I kind of drop in and out of. I've not really um, committed to a full blown game since um, since Zelda. I've been playing Rocket League quite a lot and. Uh, not much else so I've had a little dig back into the archives um, and come up with a game that I played um, probably a year ago maybe a little longer than that and a game that originally came out on PS3 but was re-released on PS4 and it's The Unfinished Swan The Unfinished Swan is a um, it's a first person kind of adventure story game in which um, you play a character called Monroe who you never see because you're in the first person the only thing on the screen is a small dot in the very centre which acts as a reticule and it tells the story of this orphan Monroe who is chasing after a swan and this swan has escaped from a painting that was left to Monroe by his mother before she died say at this point that it's not grounded in reality in any way but you um you start off in an all white world and pulling the trigger on your controller fires a black ball of paint which will land on a surface revealing it um that's how the game starts you piece together a world that has no features with your with your paint then as the game develops, each chapter of Monroe's story reveals another feature of the game. And I will, I will mention a couple, but I don't want to provide spoilers because one of part of the, 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 you know, what makes this game so great is the way that it takes really simple ideas and reveals them in a really innovative manner that um, kind of take your breath away. It's a very beautiful game. 
later on you find yourself in a, an, a in an all black world with white paint is a fair is a fairly derivative you might think but it's done in a really beautiful way a little bit later on um you find that the world is started to become shaded more naturally by the sun but you get water to grow vines a little bit later you have to move glowing pink orbs to fend off attacks from spiders I can't really do it justice. It's it's definitely a game that you, you'd have to play to really appreciate. But the the um, the game is really really well rounded. It was the first game de um, developed by uh, its developers, Giant Sparrow, for which they won uh, a BAFTA, I think, for the for the first for the best first game. They then released. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch, which has just come out, and I am very excited to. Uh, well, I say just come out; it came out in April. Uh, I've heard great things about it. I'm very excited to play it next. It's another kind of indie, um, another kind of indie in the in the kind of in the same kind of ballpark as a Gone Home. Uh, those types of things. Unfinished Swan um, has a wonderful soundtrack that complements the gameplay. It's an extremely straightforward gameplay, but it's wonderfully, wonderfully intuitive and uh, and fun. The story is touching. It's suitable for all ages. It it, it tells a kind of story of of how Monroe reconnects with his dead mother through her art, but entirely in his own, almost in his own imagination. It, it, I, I realise that what I'm giving you is a kind of a jumble of thoughts, but it's kind of it's tan, it's testament to how good this game is that they are sewn together beautifully. It, it, this game is a lot of fun to discover. It's a lot of fun to enjoy. It's um, it, it's an indie. It's not very. It's not super long. I think it's about twelve hours something in that kind of ballpark, but. As I say, I think it was first released in 2012 on PS3, re-released on PS4 in 2014. I've no doubt you can pick this up for a few pounds now, and I it, I definitely recommend it. It has the um, it has the Dave two thumbs up. Mm. Cool. This is one I've been meaning to play for a while, and I'm really interested in uh, Edith Finch as well, which I know is the same like your same uh, developers, like you said. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll check. This is available really cheap a lot, isn't it as well? So I for sure. Nobody will be surprised that I haven't heard of this, um, but I, you seem to be our man for indie games, Dave. You seem to come up with um, indie titles I've not heard of much, and you seem to be a good salesman for them, uh, possibly a career <laughs> switch for you, you know, marketing for indie games, possibly. You do make them sound very <laughs> interesting. I feel like if, if indie games had budget for me, it would make them significantly less indie. Oh, so you're saying you're a you're a pricey marketeer? Is that what you're trying to say? I think listeners will be able to judge for themselves. <laughs> I mean, just to clarify for the listeners, uh, we pay Dave in biscuits and nothing more, so he's not that expensive. Although Garibaldi's don't come cheap. Clive, what else have you got for us this week? Um, so the other one that should be a slightly short review uh, that I'm going to talk about is The Witness on PS4, which came out 2015, I want to say. I've done no research, because why would you? Um, this is, a unusually for me, a puzzle game. Um, in fact, Wikipedia describes it as a 3D puzzle game. Developed and published by Thekla Inc. Uh, released on Windows and PlayStation 4 in January 2016. There you go, chatting rubbish, although not far off from 2015. 
um, later on Xbox One and loads of other stuff. Um, it's inspired by Myst, which is a game that I remember my stepdad had when I was a kid, but I don't remember him ever playing it, so I don't really know what it looked like. But um, it involves exploration of an open world island filled with natural and man-made structures. That's where I'll start reading the Wikipedia page. Um, basically, it's like this weird world that's completely empty. You're the only person in it, as far as I can tell. I've not finished it, but um, that seems to be the case. And you're just going around solving puzzles. All the puzzles are on, like, panels, sort of electric panels, and, say, uh, the electric panel will have a cable linked to another panel, and then once you solve the first one, you'll have to walk to find the next panel by following the cable or whatever, and then solve the next panel, and then usually at the end there's, like, sort of... I think there's different main areas and you're trying to, from what I can gather at the minute, and this isn't really a spoiler, like I said, I haven't finished it, um, you're just trying to get these lasers to point at, every time you finish a certain area, you activate a massive laser that points into the middle, um, and then something's going to happen in the middle, I'm unsure what now exactly, but I'm sure it'll be more puzzly fun. But um, yeah, I really, this was one that I was hesitant to get, people were raving about it, but I was just like, oh, don't usually have the patience for puzzle games, but I was like, it went... It was in the sale for like £8, and I think it was 25 ish initially. Um, so that was a good price for it. So I went for it, and um, yeah, I, I really, really like it. It's a really, really kind of peaceful environment. The I quite like the art style. It's kind of a soul shaded really colourful world, and there's no music. You just kind of get natural sounds. It's a really relaxing game to play, um, except for when you're getting frustrated at puzzles. Um, but and all the puzzles, uh, I love the way the puzzles build up. So it's really hard to describe, and um, it's kind of, you kind of have to play it to know what I mean. But essentially, all the puzzles involve drawing a line from one end of this panel to another end, and the very basic ones at the start, you just have to go through a maze and get it to the end. But the further you get into the game, new rules are introduced, and you have to those rules you have to remember for the next panel, and. Um, it could be something in the environment, like on some of them, for example, you have to follow a pattern based on the shadows leaves are throwing onto the panel. And um, once you figured that out, you can kind of go move on to the next panel and do the same and keep going like that. It's things like that you have to figure out that help you in panels um, further on. And it's just really, really clever how it's been thought out. There's been, and it's been rare where I have uh, quite often looked at a gamefaqs.com to check it or whatever to help me out with a couple of the solutions when I get frustrated. But um, generally it's not been like, oh, well, I would never have got that. It's usually like, oh, well, if I'd put a bit more time in, I probably would have got to that. Um, it's been kind of well thought out. The puzzles are impossible. You'll probably get there eventually, but some of them do require some pretty out-of-the-box thinking. And, yeah, I just think it's a really unique um, puzzle experience. Usually puzzle games are a bit more... 2D, I suppose, and just don't really have this immersive world that this one does. Um, I don't really know any of the, the... I think there's audio tracks you can pick up to kind of pick up some of the lore from this crazy world, but um, I'm not really particularly bothered about that. I just enjoy walking around uh, solving these puzzles in the different areas and trying to figure out what on earth is going to happen in the middle once I get all the lasers pointed at it. Um, so, yeah, I would totally recommend it. It takes a bit of patience, but I think if you put uh, the time into it, uh, you'll be richly rewarded. It's not the kind of game you're going to put, pick up and play for 10 minutes and get very far. Uh, you have to kind of put some time into it. But I would highly recommend doing that. And it's the sort of game where you end up taking pictures of panels on your phone and then uh, I'll quite often like get it back out at break time and be like, I wonder if I can <laughs> figure it out. And then you'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, right, okay, I finally got it. Whereas you could have been looking at it for like half an hour straight and not got there. But sometimes you just need a break and come back to it and you figure it out and... 
don't know. It's, yeah, really good game. Really good game. Recommended. I know John Jonathan Blow is quite a sort of famous uh, visionary uh, video game developer because he's done Myst and some of the games. Like I say, I haven't played any of those, but oh. it is a, it's a very special uh, indie game for sure. Myst, Myst is quite old, isn't it? If I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, M-Y-S-T. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's like I say, my dad was playing. I feel like it was a similar time to when Tomb Raider came out, the first. Yeah, early so like kind of 90s. maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't ever play it, and I don't really know what it's about. No, but. <laughs> neither have I. I, I. I recall the box, I'm pretty sure I've seen it, and I've heard it mentioned as yeah, a classic same. game. But um, Dave, played this game at all, or played Myst? No. <laughs> Short but sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking for Myst's release date. Um, 1993, originally. That makes sense, that, yeah. Well, that was on Mac OS, then it was 1995 more widely. Okay, yeah, because we had Windows, so my stepdad would have got it in 95 then. Cool. So, yeah, really recommend it. It's a special, really special game, like I say. I would, I don't know, I'd probably recommend waiting until it's in a sale like I got it, just because you might. it's the kind of thing you might bounce off a bit and be like, this isn't for me. But I suspect more people will end up liking it than they think. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those. So yeah. It, it, yeah. it's not that appealing immediately, but it will... It doesn't sound that appealing, but like it is really good. <laughs> It'll suck you in, I think. Right, okay. Well, I'm going to have a little section here where I basically get a little bit angry. Um, oh, yes. To return. Probably not ranty, but you know, just a little right. bit angry. Um, okay. So it's going to concern my attempts to buy a Super Nintendo Mini, um, which has not gone well. Um, um, essentially, um, you know, the Super Nintendo Mini, for anyone who isn't aware, is a recent released Mini Nostalgia console that retails for eighty pounds. Uh, that you can plug straight into your computer with a HDMI cable and play 21 classic games, or allegedly classic games. Um, mm-hmm. But they can't really Zing. be found. <laughs> uh, they, they can't be found for love nor money. Um, so, to the point where my girlfriend's dad has been texting me, and he never texts me, uh, to ask <laughs> if I've um, managed to get one or not. I want to know, Clive, you, you seem to be in the know with Nintendo. Is this a <laughs> deliberate tactic of theirs? A bit like I Apple, um, you know keeping stock back I don't think so because it would be stupid although they've been known to make stupid decisions because essentially everyone's like oh it's a deliberate tactic so that they uh, so that other people hike the prices up uh, but they don't seem to realise that Nintendo doesn't make any profit of people scalping other people on eBay uh, True. <laughs> that money goes purely yeah. to the people who bought it <laughs> not Nintendo um, but I can see what you mean like trying to make it more but I suspect it's a production thing I think it's like just way more popular than they expected. Like the first one was way harder to get hold of than this one, the NES. And I think they're going to do reruns. I think in time you'll be able to get it. I think it's just a thing of like on the release, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. But they, you know, they have a history of getting uh, the popularity of certain things wrong and not being able to produce them uh, quickly enough. So I suspect it's that, but who knows? Uh, I'm interested in getting one as well, but I'm just waiting. I'm pretty sure it'll be like, it might. I might get one in six months, whatever. But I think at some point the, the supply is going to, just like with the Switch, is going to meet the you know, the demand of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the list of games that you get with it, and um, certainly most of the greatest games that kind of came out on it come with it, which makes it outstanding value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. like you've got Super Mario World, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, 
Mario Kart, Donkey Kong Country, Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, link, yeah, it's, link defi- it's definitely good value. You, know, you can't argue with that value, but I just wonder if they're creating a hype train so that it just becomes a massive seller over Christmas, maybe. I don't think so because it's I don't know maybe they are but I think it I think it's given them more I think it gives them more negative publicity to have it uh, sell out and people be angry about the fact that they can't get it than people be everyone being able to get it and I think it selling loads would just be more publicity than it selling out mm. I don't think selling out is necessarily great publicity it's just like well there's not enough <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I don't think it's anything to do with that I think they just haven't quite anticipated how many people want these things and the production is just a bit slower they perhaps should have built up a bigger backlog and just had the release date later and yeah but obviously they want to get it out as quickly as possible um, there so. is there does seem to be a real market for a kind of retro gaming i mean i was in um on a pub crawl the other week and um we stopped by this new pub kind of like a I hesitate to call it a pop-up pub because I'm I'm assuming they want to be there for a while. Their entire shtick <laughs> yeah. was um, there was a retro gaming pub, so it had about seven or eight machines, you know, um, with yeah. old retro games in, and it was popular. You know, uh, Streets of Rage was on one of them. Um, Mario Kart, you know, people were were into it. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit like in the same way on film and television, we're seeing a bit of an '80s nostalgia thing. Things like it or Stranger Things, um, yeah. It's like people are harking back to their childhood, and there is kaching <laughs> money to be made with nostalgia. There is definitely. Uh, um, I'm definitely not gonna. I like the SNES Mini in that it's got the not played it, but um, I mean it's you know it's similar to having the game on the Switch or whatever, um, or the Wii U. Where I've got a lot of I've got a lot of the Super Nintendo games on the Wii U, where you can just kind of uh, save it in the middle of it, which you couldn't do. Like you can. You make a save state, essentially save it whenever. The next time you turn it on, that's where you are, which you couldn't obviously do on the previous games. And I'd never personally, I'd never want to play it not being able to save whenever I want, because I'd just get frustrated on a lot of them. Mm, <laughs> you I know, mean, like getting game over and having to restart. <laughs> uh, you might you so. might argue that though that that's part of the appeal in the sense that um, you know you've got to make that jump. You can't fall, or else you're going to have to start back miles. You know, miles in the past of the game. Yeah, I get that, but it's not for me. <laughs> I feel like we've moved on from that a bit, but um, yeah. So I, I really enjoy them. Like uh, I love Super Mario World and Earthbound, but I like playing them on a newer thing where I can kind of save it wherever I want, which you can mm. on the SNES Mini. So, and I'm told the emulation on the SNES Mini is really good, so it, it looks good on a big TV. It is. I mean, they definitely. You know, I think they've totally messed it up. You know, I'm not defending them in any way, but I doubt it's a commercial decision to make it rare. Do you know what I mean? I think they've just fucked up the. Somehow they can't seem to get the supply numbers right. <laughs> do, do you think um, maybe in the near future we'll see like a I don't know an N64 mini or is it, are we that that's what I want? Yeah, that would be the main one that I'd want. I want this. I'm not interested in the NES mini at all because I don't like many NES games at all. I think it's uh, most of them show their age. Um, but yeah, I'd like the snares, and I definitely want the N64. That's the console I grew up with. So I'd love to have a. If I could get the mini version of it, I'd sell the one I've got and all the games, if provided it had. But the problem they'll run into is um, Rare made a lot of the famous games, and that's now owned by Microsoft. And ah, um, yeah. Golden Eye is obviously a massive game on it. That's James Bond, <laughs> James Bond licensing. So those are the two things that will be holding it back. But we'll see. They might be able to make. It's not as if Microsoft haven't, you know, released. Uh, Minecraft on every console, for example. So they're not, 
you know, it's possible that it could happen. There could be some sort of deal to be made there, but it's just a bit less likely. Mm. Dave, are you in for nostalgia gaming, or are you more looking towards the future? Would you have any interest in something like this? I tell you what, I did totally get on board the hype train, and when I realised that this was about to be released, I was all over it. I really wanted one. I was happy them to take all of my money, and then it became, <laughs> then it became like momentarily difficult for me to try and get one. As in, kind of the first like two websites I went to were already sold out, and I thought, what? do I really want to spend £80 on a console that I will probably only get two or three months' enjoyment out of? Have a piece of hardware that is then going to have to be stored or thrown away, which seems incredibly wasteful, with controllers that have cables that are apparently too short, that gives you no option to add new games to it. It... I don't know. I once I kind of once once the rarity of it made me think twice about it. I realised that no, I probably wasn't up for this. Yeah. Right. I I no longer want one now. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure if I want to live anymore. Um, I just think <laughs> I th- if you can really justify the destruction of the Amazon rainforest to dig up the super rare heavy metals required to build a console like this. If you can look at yourself in a mirror and you <laughs> and you decide that you can make that decision, then I, I think you should kill yourself. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On a more positive note, well, <laughs> still, a, still a slightly anti-Snares mini viewpoint, but... I would rather they released the games on the Switch Virtual Console, which there's still yeah. no news on. Please, Nintendo, give me some news on that. Um, and be able to play them handheld, because I prefer playing SNES games. I'm not particularly bothered about playing them on a big screen, because yeah. you know I think these older games work better as a handheld quite often. And I think the Switch will be perfect to play them. Uh, a lot of them on, so that's kind of what I'm holding out for. I'm, I'm totally with you. I feel like th- they could spend a fraction of the amount of money emulating those games. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I feel like they could make more profit by emulating those games for the Switch and selling them at 20 quid each, because people would pay it. You know, they'd pay more than an indie, but not the price of a AAA yeah. on the Switch. Yeah, I mean, Switch. on the Wii U, they would... were about a tenner each. Yeah. Well, probably like eight quid or something. I feel like you could but... probably get away with charging twice that, and people would still buy them in in large numbers. And the effort, the cost of producing this hardware, shipping it all around the world, must must be extortionate um, by comparison, you know? Anyway. It's, I think it's... It... It, it's about giving the retro feel, though, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I, think, it is. I, think, it I is. see that. People are paying to physically hold the old controller, you know. You know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally, except they're totally. not, though, are they? They're, they're, they're holding a controller that's a little bit like it, but it's being made nowadays attached, but to, the, a, attached, to, a, yeah. a, attached to a game that you can't take the cartridges out of, that, that is attached <laughs> to a box that is a quarter of the size with cables that are too short. It's It's... <laughs> Yeah, you can get a Bluetooth um, SNES controller anyway for the Switch, so as soon as they release them on that, you could still play it on the mm, yeah. kind of authentic feeling controller. And you know so, what? Yeah. And if you've got if you've got eighty quid, you go on eBay and have a look. Like I know it's maybe not for SNES, but you can have you can buy N64s now. You know for about that price, like go buy yourself a proper one if you, if that's what you want. Yeah, I, I I'm I. I 
they manage to hype them up an awful lot and they do seem really straightforward in a really quick way of getting that nostalgia kick and God knows that Peter Kay's career proves that if you can make someone remember something from the past they'll pay you lots of money mm. um, but <laughs> but just like Peter Kay's career if you give it a second thought and have any kind of critical opinion then you realise very quickly that that was a wrong decision well <laughs> Move forward, be like <laughs> a shark. Depends. That's what Dave's saying. Uh, you know, only only way for, only way is forwards. I say, do what you want, but yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm, just I'm, just just I, I do what do whatever you want, but if if you do the wrong thing, regret it. <laughs> that's totally. that's my that's what I say. Right. Okay, Dave. Uh, you innovated on the first one. Do you have anything else? Any other rants, maybe, or any games opinions you'd like to venture? No man, no. Okay, Clive, have you been playing anything else? This is a quick roundup just before we finish. Um, not, not, not particularly. No, um, I've been playing Fast RMX on the Switch, which is like an indie F Zero space racing type game. And I just want to say I might do a proper review in the future, but yeah, it's really good. So I'd recommend buying it if you like F Zero, because Nintendo, fuck knows when they're going to make another F Zero. Hopefully soon, but. I like if they the, announce F-Zero, I'll be super excited because I love it. It's one of my favourite franchises, but I, I've not been one since the GameCube. So I I used to really like F-Zero, but the one on the GameCube was almost too fast. Like I didn't. It was also really hard. Yeah, it was just absolutely <laughs> nigh on impossible to get around the a track without <laughs> crashing. Um, yeah, sure. I think the only way to succeed at F-Zero was basically to drive them quite slowly. So, so you know where all the competitors were crashing off if you're playing with your mates, and you just like. You'd be you'd win by being the tortoise rather than the hare, you know, making sure you. <laughs> if you're playing collapse. against crap mates, probably yeah. <laughs> <If you're... laughs> but yeah, it is it's quite a difficult game. But I've always I've always had a sort of sort of weird ability to play uh, those games. I've always been quite good at F Zero, whereas I'm not particularly good at most games. But um, yeah, I really like it. So hopefully, it's been a good sort of uh, you know. Bringing back those feelings of racing. It's not. I wouldn't say it's as good as an F Zero. There's not as many races on the track and stuff. But the graphics are good. It feels fast, and it's really a lot of love's been put into it. Definitely, uh, especially for an indie game. It feels like a. It could be a AAA title. So, really, yeah, uh, yeah, recommended and a cool little thing to have handheld. Hmm. Cool, uh, Dave. You're mm. you're a bit of a problem solver, aren't you? Is that fair <laughs> to say? Uh, I've had my moments. Right, so I've got this issue, right, uh, where every time I go to clean myself in the bath, um, oh, Jesus, the water just keeps running away down down the down the hole, and I have <laughs> right. abs- I, I can't think of a means in which I can keep the water in in the bathtub. As a professional, oh. what would be your advice? Well, that just that 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 sounds like um, you're just having a sit down a sit down shower. <laughs> it does, yeah. But, I, but I'm looking to have a bath. How how, how oh. might one achieve this? Right. Well, uh, if I if I mean if, if I was you, I think I would I would I think I would probably invest in some plug time. Plug time at Stickaroundcast on Twitter, uh, stickaroundpodcast.com on the interweb, slash stickaroundpodcast on Facebook, slash stickaround on Patreon if you want to throw some money our way, keep the lights on, pay for website hosting costs, slash stickaroundpodcast on Instagram. We're on, search stickaround on any podcast app, well, well, most podcast apps, I think, Stitcher, I'm not sure about because 
whenever I try and get stuff working on there, it all fails. Um, and you'll find, stick around, subscribe, tell your friends, give us reviews on iTunes, send us emails to stickaroundpodcast.gmail.com, show us some love, yeah! Wow, that, that was... I think that's the first time you've got it all in. That's super Everything pro. pro. That is worryingly pro. Uh, <laughs> worryingly pro. Where's the uh, real I know. I know for listeners, that was the 72nd take, but five is the editor. <laughs> So it sounds seamless. <laughs> yes. Um, it was one really drawn out take. I've just cut it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is what I always do. I draw your I draw your guys' reviews out. You know, I put gaps in there that aren't there to make you sound shit, and then but I don't make it sound like a like I'm just an absolute pro. <laughs> I'm totally not. Um, anyway, this has been a short episode, but short and sweet. What's next on the? Uh, on the stick around well, train. I believe line. we're back Ow. next time with, uh, with with TV shows, which should be quite a bit longer. Um, certainly, it's been a lot happening in the TV world. Let's sure, let's yeah. just say it's been pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay, bom, I've bom. been continuing my way through Game of Thrones, so maybe I'll be caught up with you, but probably not. <laughs> um, Dave, you're going to join us for that? Yes, sir. Sweet, two in a row. Looking forward to it. Uh, I've been watching Rick and Morty as well, so yes, sir. Expect some opinions on that. Cool, um, cool. Right, thanks for listening, guys. Sorry, it's been a short one, but you know we've got lives to lead, so sodges. Yeah. But please come back. Well, that and please. your your utter ineptitude at technology meant that we started nearly three quarters of an hour late. Well, True. they didn't need to know Couldn't that, did they? So. Well, didn't they? They know it now, so... Why yeah. deny them the truth, Al? What have you got to hide? <laughs> He's on at Alexander Wayne on Twitter. Please throw abuse at him. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, actually. Is that right? <laughs> I think that is right, yeah. <laughs> um, please hurl him lots of abuse. Uh, pre- preferably death threats. That, yeah, they're my faves. Those, they're my those faves. seem completely, um, you know, proportionate in the circumstances. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll be throwing some death threats his way. And, yeah potentially losing my job so see ya uh, thanks for coming thanks for listening it's been splendid thanks for coming Dave thank you for having me pleasure as always uh, see you next week hopefully stick see around guys. stick around stick around ah yeah. thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around